Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. If you think your life is tough, have you investigated, explored the life of a penguin? Now, penguins walk like, I think, 60 miles. And, you know, the, look at their little legs, their short legs. I mean, that, that'd be equivalent to us maybe walking a few hundred, maybe 300. I don't know. But they walk 60 miles just to get food to feed their child while the other penguin waits months with the child and of course, um, on this journey of getting the food, there's a high chance they could die, right? So it would be like you waking up every day and, 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 and going, I don't know, across the world, across the country to get food um, on, uh, you know, a week's, uh, a few weeks, um, maybe a month or two. I don't know how long it, it takes to penguins, it, but it takes them a long time. To come back just to feed your child, and then you basically tag your wife, and then she goes on this journey, comes back, right? And that's basically how they live. And here's the other thing about penguins. They only have one love, which I know sounds romantic. Um, so if their lover dies, they're, they're done. They, they're single forever. They, they only commit themselves to one partner for the rest of their lives so just be grateful that you are not a penguin okay there's a movie called mid 90s and i watched it the other day it's basically um kind of an edgy wonder years it's jonah hill's uh, first directorial debut he wrote it directed it um, it's just a you know coming of age movie about these uh, these skater kids, and it revolves around this one kid that they call Sunburn, who who looks like he's like nine, but I you know I think he's around twelve, and um, I so related to him on so many ways. It takes you uh, into the nineties, uh, so for me it would be my movie would be called mid eighties and. Uh, for them, they were skating and, you know, kind of doing nothing. But at that age, um, doing nothing is everything, right? And so for me, it wasn't skating. It was breakdancing. And I remember at that age, I mean, it, you know, between like 9 or 10 to about, you know, to about 12, right? The, that, that like 4th, 5th, 6th grade, like, you know, the wonder years, right? When you're going from playing with G.I. Joe men to actually um, possibly kissing a girl for the first time or, you know, having new experiences. So for me, um, and, and also in the, in the story, the, the, the kid has older friends, right? And so with older friends comes a lot of, you know, excitement and danger and all the things you shouldn't be doing. Um, and it was the same exact thing for me. So I was like, I think at 10, I started to really get into breakdancing had the um and that was a little runt just like sunburn 
didn't have the smile. When he smiles, he looks like Robin Williams. I didn't look like Robin Williams. I actually never smiled because I tried to be hard. Um, that's why I got the deep furrows, and that's why I struggle with smiling today. Um, and the reason why I never smiled was because uh, I was the smallest kid of the breakdancing crew, right? Because they were older. They were like 16, 17. And um, I was this tiny little Korean kid with the bull haircut. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't have a bull haircut. I actually, um, by this time, I've graduated into using Aquanet hairspray. Uh, I had a kick-ass cool pompadour, right? And you spray the hairspray with, and then you, you add the blow dryer, and that shit turns into like cement. And so my my hair didn't move. I could be in a tornado, my hair wouldn't budge. The hair was very important. Um, just a few years back, though, I had the bull haircut, and I was rocking the strawberry shortcake t-shirt because my parents didn't know that that was actually for women not for boys um for girls not for boys um but now i was becoming um a young man <laughs> spinning on my head and i remember um just hours and hours getting lost into the um the dancing you know and i remember hitting flow states and and um this is when the world is so big right and around this age also is when I first felt a boob. And I remember I was in the, the ocean. And th this is uh, the other thing that's really interesting about this age. And I know for you too, because uh, the world is so big and we are so impressionable at this age, all the experiences that we experienced feel like they happened yesterday. And I remember everything, right? I remember it like, like it happened a few hours ago. Um, I was in the ocean with a girl named Doreen. She had a crush on me and she was 16. I was like 10 or 11. Um, all the older guys liked her and they were baffled that she had a crush on me. I was also baffled. I think what happened was she had a dream about me. Um... And because she had a dream about, you know how you sometimes you have a dream about someone, someone that you don't, you're not even attracted to. And then for that whole day, you just like that person because you had like a romantic dream about, about that person. And of course, dreams we can't control. I think she had a dream about me because she told me. And because of that dream, she suddenly had this crush on me. <laughs> anyway, we were out in the ocean and uh, she was 16 and she was very developed for her age. And I remember she was holding me in the ocean. I was this little tiny Korean runt. <laughs> and uh, my elbow was smashed against her left breast. And I remember just like in shock that my that I was touching a boob, you know, a side boob. And the the, the first time ever that I touched a boob. Um and I remember what that felt like, and I remember like the uh, the sensation and the um, amazement, right? I I blame all this shit on that movie Weird Science in the eighties, the concept of uh, two nerds putting on a bra and creating the 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 perfect woman. Um, me growing up watching shit like that and getting um, very interested and obsessing about <laughs> women and sex and kissing and all of that stuff. Another memory I have is when um, Doreen, the same girl, pulled me on the side of the house. Um, she wanted a kiss and I was terrified. And so I gave her like a peck on the lips 
And she's like, no, I want a real kiss. And she like jammed her tongue down my throat. I did not enjoy it at all. And then she whispered in my ear, I want to jump your bones. Now, you might be like, what does that mean? But in the 80s, I want to jump your bones means I want to have sex with you. And I knew that. So I went home that night terrified because I thought that I was going to, she was going to take my virginity and I wasn't ready. Like I was, I mean, I still had fucking GI Joe men I was collecting. I mean, I was just a child. And I remember I started avoiding her because I was so scared she was going to have sex with me. <laughs> anyway, I still feel that, you know, I still feel that. I remember, um, when I first saw, and this is around the same age too, two grown men fight. I was like 11 and across the street, these two guys came out and they were grown men. They were like, you know, these, these big men. Um, I mean, probably in their thirties, I don't know. And they started fist fighting and there was no one else around to stop it. And I remember uh, just frozen behind uh, the bushes watching them. And one guy went down and the other guy kicked him. And the guy curled up, and I think it like broke it. I think he broke his rib or something, and the fight stopped. And I was so scared because I thought that if they saw me, that they would they would beat me up. And so since then, I've always been like, <laughs> every time I see people fight on the streets, I have this like subtle panic. Um, it's amazing how those years. Those years between, you know, 10 to 12, 8 to 13, you know, those wonder years, how much they form us, right? And the other thing about those years, um, there's a lot of amazing, great things that I'm sure uh, have happened to you. But those are also very dark years because at that age, especially if you didn't have supervision, right? And by supervision, I mean parents around or most of us come from uh, families where there's only one parent. Um, in this movie, uh, there was only one, uh, she, he, he had a single mom, and he kind of ran around and did a lot of things, um, and I'm sure the mom was busy working, trying to put food on the table, and that's the case for many of us, uh, so without supervision, those are the years that there's a lot of trauma, you know, uh, experimenting with drugs, going to parties, uh, going to party, maybe high school parties when you're, you know, in junior high, or, or if you're uh, sneaking into college parties, like all this shit. Um, I was getting into trouble. I was out to three, four in the morning at age 11, um, playing with like, you know, firecrackers uh, inside homes. And like, just a few years after that, I started stealing car stereos and, and all because I was holding uh, hanging out with like, you know, the, the wrong crew or the older guys that were kind of delinquents. And for a lot of people, this age was traumatic because uh, there was sexual assault, there was roofies, there was, you know, all of that stuff. And of course, you remember that just as much as the, 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 the good stuff, right? The first kiss or the first um, elbow in the side boob in the ocean, in my case. And um, anyway, what an interesting time. And I know that if you went back to those years of when they happen, all the things that they happened, um, you will you will see that it's not what it was. So what I mean by that is it's like the movie Big Fish, like it just everything is so magical and, and, and big in your head and that's how you remember it because you're seeing these memories and feeling these memories as 
that nine or 10 year old, right? Like if I think about myself when I was breakdancing, I entered my first contest. I remember my mom and aunt went to it. It was held at Chuck E. Cheese. Shut up. I don't care what you say. It was a legit contest. It was held at Chuck E. Cheese and uh, <laughs> I took it very seriously. We came in second place. And I remember my mom and aunt sitting in the front row and here's what's like shocking to me. Um, and I remember how big the stage was and what a big deal it was. And it was just, um, you know, life or death. My parents, uh, my aunt and, and my mom was younger than I am today. And this is what blows my mind because as I think about that, I think about how old they were, like my parents were there and um, being embarrassed of that, right? And, and they were younger than me today. Um, I, I like, and I'm starting to think about like me as a 45 going to see my kid if he was 12 breakdancing and what that would feel like for me. Anyway, it's all perspective. It's all life. Um, there's something so tender and beautiful about that age. And, um, I hope that you've had uh, amazing experiences in that in that age, and I hope that those memories are valuable to you, as as mine are. Um, but I also know that there's a lot of stuff that happens to people at that in that age that you know fucks them up, you know, that gives them trauma and injects a lot of fear. Um, I know at that age there's also a lot of bullying and a lot of things that uh, position us to not like our bodies and, and 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 you know seek approval and validation and all of that. So anyway. Those were my mid-80s, um, and I just wanted to share them with you. I guess the takeaway from this episode, and this is me now going back to making it about wellness and self-betterment and some psychology, um, when you go back to what happened because your memory is experiencing and replaying it as that age, um, there it, it's it's not the case. So if anything bad happened to you that was traumatic, um, one of my first memories was me entering um, back in back in Korea before I came to America. I was like three. Me entering an outhouse because back then the bathrooms were outside, and this is one of my, my earliest memories because I had, I woke up tried to wake up my brother. He didn't want to go because he he was he was didn't he was being a dick. So I, <laughs> a four year old dick. And so I walked out by myself at I think like three, opened the, the bathroom and I saw nothing but rats scatter. And till this day, I am traumatized by rats or anything or rodents, anything with a tail basically. Um some friends once in high school put a dead possum on my car and I I, I froze. Like I couldn't I couldn't get into my car. I was shocked. I had to uh, ask a security guard to help me take the possum off. It was a whole mess. Anyway, so it's because I, I that memory left such an imprint, right? That is, that was traumatic. Set off my fight or flight. Now, if you go, if I went back to that same outhouse, right, as an adult, me today, if I went to a time machine. It wouldn't, of course, it wouldn't be as scary, right? I'd open the door and maybe there was two rats and maybe they were small. I don't know, right? But seeing the world through that, through a three-year-old is very different. And so know that um, as you work through any kind of trauma or stuff that happened in the past, and it doesn't matter if it's high school or when you were 12 or the kid that stole your skateboard or the person that took advantage of you, whatever, um, that imprint was so fresh and I understand. Um, I don't want to minimize what happened, but it, it, it left... Um, an imprint uh, and an effect on you because of you were so young. And if you went back today, 
it would it would feel differently, you know. And maybe it wouldn't have been as horrific if you saw it through the lens of an adult. Anyway, thank you for listening. I've got two audio courses, and I want to give you two discount codes. Uh, one is called Bulletproof Your Relationship. Discount code is LOVEHARD. 30% off. I'm going to do something amazing with this community. Everyone who's purchased it, I just don't know what yet. I'm going to do some cool stuff. Um, everyone who has bought this course loves it, and there's a lot of couples doing it, and I'm so happy about it. I'm really proud of this course. There's another one called Single on Purpose. Discount code there is for me, F O R M E. And this is a course for everyone who's single and working on themselves. You can find both of those courses on my Instagram. Click on my bio link. And also, my brand new book is available for pre order. There's a lot happening with it, meaning if you um, you have a chance to, um, when I say a lot happening with it, I mean there's a lot I'm giving away. <laughs> your your chances, uh, you have an opportunity to get a win a free session from me, right, just by pre-ordering one book. Um, but if you pre-order five books, you have a chance to win a seat for us to train you as a life coach. That's a $4,000 seat. It's a 16-week course, two hours every Sunday. For free, you could win that if you email me the receipts of the five books that you purchased. So my email is theangrytherapist at gmail. And of course, you could just give those books um, out to friends and people who you think will like them. Okay, thanks for listening. Be well. I have some really exciting news. My brand new book, I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck, and Every Man's Guide to a Meaningful Life is officially available for pre-order. And I know what you're thinking, John, well, why would I pre-order it now when I could just pick it up a couple months from now when it's officially on sale? And I want to tell you that the book business is tough, and pre-orders as well as reviews and word of mouth all contributes to keeping the book alive. Um, It helps spread the book uh, and the message. And if you've been following me, you know that I've been super passionate about um, creating a dialogue for men to challenge themselves, right? To look inward. I think the soil is, is so rich these days for men to finally make their return um, a more honest, healthier version of themselves. And also, this book isn't just for men, it's for women to redefine what they're looking for in a man, you know? Maybe be reminded or to shake their um, old blueprints and create new ones. So, I, I'm really asking you to pre-order my book, and uh, not just for me, but um, to help me spread the message. And also, uh, for anyone who's been miserable, you know, that it's okay to either be miserable um, or at one time have been miserable. Because I think today everyone is, you know, waving this bumper sticker that we should be so happy, and happy is a practice, right? It's not a light switch, and it's okay um, if you are unhappy, right? So... Go to my Instagram, The Angry Therapist, and click my bio link, and you will see it there front and center. Thank you so much. Um, It means the world to me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope the dialogue was helpful. Listen, guys, if you want to be a life coach, just go to my website, theangrytherapist.com, and click on Life Coaching Training, and you'll find our Catalyst Intensive. There's only two things you need to be a life coach, a story, which everyone has, and a passion to help others. Before you go, I wanted to give you something, something I made. It's a relationship toolkit because the world needs 
better, healthier relationships so we can all love harder. So go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash podcast. That's www.theangrytherapist.com forward slash podcast. It's super simple. And we will email you my relationship toolkit.